Welcome to the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Englander. Today's episode is sponsored by our company, Sales Schema. Sales Schema is a fractional new business team for growth-focused ad agencies. And typically with most, most clients, we are starting with outreach and appointment setting. And when it comes to this sort of task, which is really important for keeping the pipeline full, regardless of however busy or not busy our clients are, there are a few things that make us different. The first is that we are agency specialized. We only work with agencies and marketing service companies. And that's important because marketing leaders are skeptical and the process that's necessary to get meetings for complex marketing services is different for almost any other B2B service or or product out there. The second thing is that we are individualized. Everything we create is bespoke and handcrafted so we can be tasteful and protect our clients' reputations. And the third thing is agile. And that means we think bigger and more creatively than simple outbound lead generation tactics. And we are constantly advancing our program to help our clients win. Since 2014, we've worked with more than 50 agencies of all stripes, conducted more than 7,000 individual campaigns, and generated more than 3,000 agency brand meetings. So if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing and see if we might be a fit for your needs, you can do that by going to saleschema.com and scheduling a consultation with us. So this past week, I took some time off and I made it down to the river uh, in Virginia, kind of around Clifton Ford, saw family, got out of this strange wasteland that is now New York City, uh, which is really nice. But the bad news is I do not have a new fresh episode for you this week, unfortunately. The good news is, is that with the added time and possibly, you know, bandwidth for reflection that comes with midsummer or late summer now. I think now is a really good time to rehash one of our most popular meat and potatoes episodes. And that goes by the name of how to do effective lead generation for your agency in 2020. So whether you missed it earlier this year or you're in a sort of reflection and planning phase for Q4 and you need a refresher, I think it's going to be really useful. Some things that I covered include the new most effective angles for direct outreach, I covered how to build human connections, even if you are using digital tools. We talked a lot about how to leverage timing in every prospect interaction, and we cover some very jargony, data-driven insights to help you win your next proposal. But for real, I think that's uh, there's some there's some definite gems there. So without further ado, please give it up for how to do effective lead generation for your agency in 2020. This is seven trends to understand so you can get enough qualified appointments and achieve your revenue goals. So after working with more than 50 agencies, executing 7,000 plus campaigns, and essentially living and breathing agency-focused outbound lead generation since 2014, we've seen a lot of changes. Um, Just like most areas of marketing and sales, what worked last year may not for much longer. So these are the trends to stay ahead of and actions that you can take to ensure you're in the right rooms and on the right pitches in 2020 and so that you can achieve your goals. So trend number one, direct outreach still works and always will, which is a bold statement, but it's true. So assuming you have a compelling value proposition and a strong track record, you will always be able to land first dates with your target market, whether they are a Fortune 100 CEO or a mom and pop business owner. And you're gonna be able to do that by contacting them directly and asking for an appointment. And if you decide that that's not possible, that you don't have the right to do that, then another agency, I can guarantee you, absolutely will. 
So as usual, the devil is in the details and how you do it determines whether or not this, this approach is going to be successful for you. So we're going to obviously get into that from here. Trend number two, what's working is adapting real life relationship building to the digital world. So what we're seeing is that many lead generation companies, many software companies, many data companies are sort of sort of making this whole approach of getting a, a real valuable business conversation with a high level decision maker out to be kind of more like a rote machine process, sort of like a put in a token and out comes the business sort of thing. But the problem is that while that might have worked at some point, like the infancy of the technology and the infancy of email or something, um, that's getting harder and harder to pull off because the competition for marketing services and for our attention with social media, with everything else, is skyrocketing. Um, So the human touch is becoming increasingly more valuable. So what does that mean for your campaigns? It essentially means that you have to signal to prospects that you exist in their professional world. So to get tangible and to get into what this has meant for our campaigns and our clients, it's meant that making the LinkedIn profile header match the industry that is being targeted is becoming really important. That's been uh, one thing that's really helped out. Um, Your outreach message should use industry-specific terms of art and language. Uh, And you also could reference connections in common or relevant work or things that that exist in your prospect's personal network and world. So that's becoming really important. This brings us right into number three, which is niche to win. While there will always be exceptions, we're finding it harder and harder to sell services for agencies who focus on many unrelated industries or verticals. Now, there are exceptions if they have a process, they have a technology that's really innovative or compelling, um, or they just have incredible stories. This can still work, but overall, it's getting harder and harder to sell undifferentiated agency services or rather agnostic agency services. And that's because more and more marketing leaders want to know that you truly understand their industry and their space. After all, if you are are doing anything of significance, your agency is claiming to be solving big, hairy problems for them that are going to involve a high level of industry understanding. So even if you do have this understanding and you, and you, you know you do, you may or may not be communicating it uh, in, in, in the walk that you're walking. It may not be believable to the people that you're reaching out to that you understand them. And that's because many agency websites and sales collateral have sort of a massive unconnected grab bag of different clients and industries being represented. Also, when you are going after too many different industries and too many different verticals and so on, it creates a lot of dissonance and confusion overall about who you're targeting and the problems that you're solving. And when you have that dissonance, the greatest copy in the world, I mean, the most fire Frank Kern copy, the cleanest data, the best case studies and content can only go so far. So everything becomes easier when you niche. When our clients are focused on one or maybe a few related verticals, like for example, maybe health tech, hospitals, and physical therapy, we typically see two to 10x more qualified meetings. So that's number three, niche to win. Number four is understand that message delivery is getting harder and also why this is a good thing. So we talk to, on average, 10 to 15 agency owners and new business people Uh, every week over the last 12 months. And one of the top complaints we hear from, from, you know, uh, from probably around 50% or more of the people we talk to is that response and meeting rates are going down. 
From there, when we dig into our client's metrics, we typically find that the passenger pigeons, the messages aren't even landing. And the way this typically plays out is the agency, you know, starts looking at their open rates and they see sub 20% open rates and or very few to zero responses. Now, this is not because proactively contacting your prospects is no longer possible. It's just harder to get those messages delivered. And that's because the technology is getting better. The spam blocking robots are smarter. In the old days, what we used to see people do when they would you know, buy a massive list, blast it, piss off a lot of people, maybe scrape up a few meetings in the process are long over. And it's uh, thankfully so. So we've been able to achieve consistent and growing meeting volumes despite these trends by pr- prioritizing depth over breadth. And that's really what we're finding to work overall. And it's becoming a requirement. So what does this mean? And it's it's obviously a number of things, and they all tie together, um, which I'll talk about. So the first and foremost is, is what we found to work is using our cluster-based approach or our cluster-based strategy. And this means kind of finding the right combination between volume uh, and, and, and targeting and relevance. So that means that throughout a week, we're targeting typically no more than 200 prospects. From there, you know, what that means is prioritizing data hygiene and list quality, making sure that we're getting the right messages to the right people, essentially, and that they're landing. Another thing this means is exercising restraint by not asking for a meeting right away necessarily. And of course, how this plays out is very situation dependent. But one thing we've done is is pre-nurture prospects on LinkedIn, put a face to a name before we do the outreach, before we initiate a business conversation, and we don't ask for anything right away. Um, another thing we've done is just starting finding a way to start a conversation around an event, around a trend, around relevant work before asking for for that that convo. So basically, the the whole purpose of this is to make sure that nobody's ever pressing that manual spam button. That even if they're saying, "Yeah, I might not want to talk to you right now," I still would like you in my inbox, and I appreciate the outreach. And that's the most common decline that we're seeing. Um, another thing that this has meant kind of aside from that is we're doing a lot more technical research and troubleshooting all the time to make sure the messages are getting through. Um, it's it's a good thing because what it, what it means is that when we are able to connect with relevance, we are able to get through, the value is much higher and the spammers are being blocked out a lot more. But the role on our team is starting to resemble much more of uh, something that's like an SEO operator, somebody that's doing search engine optimization, where we're always tweaking this and perfecting it. So it's getting harder and harder for our clients to just sort of do this sort of work and do this sort of outreach in their spare time when it's somebody that's doing a million different things. So again, while this is all a challenge, challenge rather, it's worth it's worth it because spammers are being blocked out and those who connect with, with relevance are, are going to win the day. Um, and again, all of these points tie together. Deliverability requires relevance. Relevance requires understanding. Understanding requires focus. And focus requires niching, uh, among other things. So that's that's what we're seeing as number four is basically understand that message delivery is getting harder. And this is a good thing. Number five is prioritize brevity. So this rambling article aside, uh, brevity does matter and copy is as much, if not more, about how you say things um, over what you're actually saying. So with that in mind, usually our initial strategy phase with many of our agency clients requires kind of cutting off huge chunks of clay from from the, the marketing copy, which can often kind of read as overwrought 
when it's presented in terms of a one-to-one or, or an outbound uh, email or LinkedIn uh, sales context. So, so as usual, you know there are exceptions, but the more effective emails that we're crafting um, and, and processes that are working really well look a lot like our clients kind of thumb them out on a smartphone, maybe between meetings. Um, they are brief, they're casual, and they signal that while they respect the prospect's accomplishments, their own time is valuable. So number five is, again, is to prioritize brevity. Number six is answer the why now question. So you can nail all of the above with perfection, but your marketing leader, the person you're contacting, will still ask, why should I talk to you right now? After all, why shouldn't they just throw your message and website into a spreadsheet and wait until they have a project or a need in the hopper? Because they're kind of looking at your site. They're looking at what, what you do, and they're like, okay, you're an experiential agency. I'll put you over here. But that's not enough because many agencies are content with being reactive in this way. They just assume it's all about timing and it's just sort of about this crapshoot of getting in front of the right people at the right time and seeing what happens. So first of all, you have to participate in that crapshoot regardless, and timing does matter. But the problem is that your proactive competitors, of which there are many, will find a way to build that relationship with the brand today instead of tomorrow, so that they can become the shoe-in. And this is happening all the time. And obviously, building that relationship requires landing that first appointment to have a real tangible new business conversation. So you got to lean into the timing of why now? Why should you talk to me right now? And there are many ways to do this, but to give you something you can actually run with, there's a few, a few things we found to be really effective. So first is is referencing or making a point to talk about upcoming industry events and trade shows. You can talk about how you're planning to go, how you went in the past, how you're considering going. You can make plans to see them at that trade show. Even if you're not going to go, you can still use this as a topic of conversation to think about new ideas and to basically get into the fold. You can use events and, and basically build the outreach around the event to get a lot more responses than you would normally. You can reference new product rollouts for the people that you're contacting or things that are coming up in the zeitgeist, things that are coming up in the space, whether it's from Apple or some other company that are that's going to tie into what your prospect is doing. Think about, you know that XYZ big thing is coming down the pipes in the industry in six months, and that is a good way to spur a conversation. Another is new hires. If you can get a little more sophisticated, you can research the roles that they're hiring for, reference that. That's another great way. And another is seasonal trends and buying cycles. So every every industry functions on a different calendar. For example, travel and tourism is in execution mode in the summer, and then they are doing planning during other phases of the year. So you can build that outreach around when those plans are being developed and just you know reminding them of that, reminding them of, hey, do you guys have this thing figured out before this other thing happens uh, can work really, really well. So again, number six is answer the why now question. Number seven, which is the final trend, is that thought leadership is becoming a must have. And to back up a little bit, CMOs and other marketing leaders experience some of the highest attrition rates of the C-suite. They're bouncing around all the time. And one of the biggest reasons for this is that they are failing to innovate fast enough. So more and more, we're observing that marketing leaders are looking to niche publications, podcasts, events, and similar channels to get new ideas and to innovate. Tied to that, and more importantly, there are something like 120,000 marketing service companies in the U.S., and it's becoming 
more and more important to stand out from the pack. So thought leadership is obviously a great way to do that. Yet many agencies we talk to invest a ton of resources and time creating content that rarely, if ever, gets seen by the right people. It sort of just sits there and collects dust, or they might try to use it once and then it doesn't go anywhere. And it's really a shame because many of these agencies have been in business for years and they have incredible stories and case studies to communicate. So there are dozens of industry-focused publications, and obviously hundreds and thousands overall, but there are probably dozens that the niches that you're focusing on um, are going to to innovate and to get new ideas. There's dozens of industry-focused publications, and they're actively seeking thought leaders to fill their demanding content calendars. But very few agencies take advantage of this opportunity to get in front of a built-in audience of the right people. So with that in mind, you know, thought leadership used to be a nice to have for our campaigns and it's becoming a must have. It's becoming a cornerstone of our most successful campaigns because agencies really need to stand out more. And when we do this, we're able to massively improve meeting rates and meeting quality by having our agencies build the relationship and enter the relationship as an authority instead of just another agency. So among other tactics, this means weaving our clients' placements into our outreach campaigns. So instead of referencing yet another boring case study that's on a PDF somewhere, we're referencing interviews with publications that the prospect knows about. We're referencing guest roundups and other other sorts of content like that that allows them to enter with a high degree of authority. And the best thing of all is that taking part in an interview or a roundup is a whole lot less time consuming for our clients than plugging away on yet another blog article or or case study or proposal. So again, to reiterate, number seven is thought leadership is becoming a must have. Beyond that, we would love to hear what your agency's 2020 new business plan looks like. You can do this by letting us know in the comments by going to saleschema.com and clicking on the podcast tab, and you should see the article right there, how to do effective lead generation for your marketing agency in 2020. So look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Digital Agency Growth Podcast and hearing what your plans are in the meantime. Thank you. 